listening to Talk Drive Radio. I'm Kelly. I'm Thomas III. We're them damn Indians. Uh, so today is the 26th anniversary of the Murrah bombing in Oklahoma yeah. City. Oklahoma City bombing. 26 years ago today. And so... I that was, was kind of the... Wasn't that kind of like some of the the original domestic terrorism kind of yes. like we weren't having a whole lot of that before that, you know, no. outside of like presidential assassinations and things like that. Well, Waco but, had happened the year before. Uh, yeah. And that was, uh, I mean, if you watch the documentary on that, you kind of blame the government a little bit more than. Oh than, yeah. Uh, like I know, totally David blame Koresh the government. On that one. Yeah, like he was he was actually doing what he said he was going to do. He was letting yeah. these people go. He said whoever wants to go, they can. He'd call him, "Hey, these people want to come out. Um I'm writing this thing. You'll get it, you know." And and they just jumped the gun on him. So that yeah. let's digress from that because that's a whole thing. That's a whole other separate yeah. segment. Yeah. But anyway, that's that was but that's the one thing that I always distinctly remember about the Oklahoma City bombing. I remember that being the first time I really sat down and like binge watched the news. Yes. Like because that was all around the same time. It was like the Oklahoma City bombing. It was it was Waco. It was uh, OJ. It was it was there was sensationalism on TV, and you know I was like I was enthralled by it, and I remember watching all this coverage and i remember for the whole first day after the bombing took place the oklahoma city police were looking for a muslim they were looking for a middle eastern person and probably let these guys get quite a ways away just because they weren't looking for a white guy well timothy mcveigh got got stopped he got he he got stopped. He got pulled over for a traffic violation. That's how they caught him. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I mean, but nevertheless, I don't think that anybody put it together that this was a bunch of white dudes. Yeah. Um, the World Trade Center had um, had been bombed the previous year a couple of times. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so uh, there was just I I was I was nineteen years old. And I was working afternoon drive at KVLH in Paul's Valley. And I, I lived in Norman, and I stopped at a certain 7-Eleven every morning. <laughs> every morning I sat there. And uh, the clerk said, did you hear about that explosion on Robinson Street? And I went, Robinson Street? They, they, she said it was a, a federal building on Robinson Street is what she said. And the only yeah. thing at that time, like at that time, Norman was not the Norman of today. <laughs> it yeah. was absolutely not. And Rock Creek Road and that area, it was still pretty rural. And they had that little um, post office out there. So I kind of thought that she meant somebody blew up that post office. Right. Uh, and so yeah. I was like, well, I didn't hear anything and I didn't live far from there. That was kind of a thing at that time, too, though, right? Yeah, it, it was. It, it was. It was. And yeah. I was like, huh. I was like, well, I didn't hear anything. And, you know, I didn't feel anything. I didn't feel any kind of explosion. 
And so when I get down to the station, our, we had an AP wire at that time, y'all. Okay? An AP <laughs> wire. And that thing was just going, 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 going. People were running around. People were freaking out. And my boss said, somebody blew up the Murrah building in Oklahoma City. And my grandma had just been there. Her credit union was there. And she, yeah. I mean, so uh, I, it was just, I knew where that place was. And so it, it, it was at, at that point, everybody was coming together. Everybody was calling, where can we take donations? What can we do? You know, just how Oklahomans react. That's one of the thing I do love about being Oklahoman is that's how we do is when something like that happens, we all come together. And I happen oh, to yeah. think that's because of all of the natives that are that are in this state because that that's that's what we do, you know? And yeah. so it, it was it was well, if you, crazy. If you actually if you actually follow the teachings of Christ, then you do that too. So Right. <laughs> uh, but but it's like I said, it was there was a total dynamic change in everything that day oh yeah. yeah um the way that we live the way our laws are um yeah the world the way that, that the me the way that media reports these things um i had a friend of mine who was going to school at the health sciences center there, because uh, the Health Sciences Center, OU's Health Sciences Center, is not far from that site, and all of the uh, potential and would be and current, you know, doctors, nurses, uh, all of those folks in training just responded. Yeah. And so, uh, God, I can't believe that's been twenty six years. Yeah, I remember I was in I was in sixth grade. And I remember they took us to uh, took us to the library to to watch the coverage. Wow! Uh, you know, it was just it was it was surreal because it's in Oklahoma City, number yeah, one. Yeah, well, <laughs> and and you know, uh, my parents had their insurance company had an office in that building, and so they used to go up there. Dad was up there the week before to uh, to pay the insurance and do all that, and. and he would always stop in uh, at the daycare, and that was one thing that Dad had had. Uh, he had a relationship with the people that worked in the daycare, and uh -huh. he would give them CDs, and uh, they would use the CDs for nap times for the kids and stuff, the flute CDs. And so they said it would it would it really helped a lot whenever it was nap time. They would put put the flute CD on and and let the kids go to sleep. Or I guess it was tapes back then, and. Uh, dad had went up there and dropped off you know three or four tapes and uh talked to those kids and and i know that really tore him up because he knew those kids you know uh that that were there and a lot of those kids lost their lives that was uh one of the unfortunate casualties that uh probably the worst part you know you uh you always feel worse for those those innocent children's lives you know not having a chance. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, one of the most iconic photos of the Oklahoma City bombing is the uh, firefighter carrying yeah. that baby. Ugh. Yeah. 
they got the bagpipes out now, so you know it's a uh, <clears throat> it's very moving. And uh, yeah, our hearts and thoughts are with uh, with the survivors and the families because you know there are still um, there is a gentleman that uh, is that leads the Oklahoma Promise. I don't know if you've heard about Oklahoma Promise, but um, it's it's a, a criminal justice uh, organization, but it was started by a survivor of the Oklahoma City bombing. And I heard him speak a couple of years ago, and he still talks about his survivor's guilt. Still, after all this time, uh, he talks about that. And so um, that's a pretty interesting organization, if anybody wants to check that out. It's Oklahoma Promise. Uh, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's a big day here in Oklahoma, and... Uh, Hashtag we remember, we remember too. So there was, it, it just, it greatly affected so many things on a national landscape here and forever. Uh, when people say Oklahoma, a lot of times that's what they, they think of. Is, yeah, there's, is the not, there's, not a, there's not a whole lot of things that uh, that people think of when you say Oklahoma outside of sports and like Indians. Yeah, and and the bombing, Timothy McVeigh now. Yeah, yeah um, the bombing. Yeah. And and so it it's it's like I said, it's a it's a big day here in Oklahoma. It's a it's a day that's always heavy for us here. And um, any anybody, unfortunately, unfortunately, we're seeing this dramatic increase. I mean, we've had sixty eight mass shootings since the first of March, y'all. 68 since March 1st. Yep. And they're 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 saying mass shootings are shootings of four or more people. So 68 at minimum. At minimum. You're talking like what 200 and some odd people just shot that's just that's just shot that's not the casualties that's just at minimum four in all of those and it's just like i said i don't i don't understand the i don't live in fear people are the same people who are perpetuating the mass shootings right <laughs> yeah like this is a like white they, kid they this wanna... is a 19 year old white kid that that shot up the fedex facility yeah, but it's Biden's fault. <laughs> I don't know how. Because he's president. He makes everybody do what, what he says. Like, I, it's, it's crazy to me because they want to blame all these shootings on Biden, but 98% of these people are Trump supporters. <laughs> like, <laughs> if, if you want to blame Biden because these these he's don't know how to lose? I mean... Like that's the whole thing here, right? Like, like these, like you've been so privileged. Nobody's ever told you no. Every way you don't, you know. Or, I mean, I don't know why it is that it's like because Biden is now president, the whole world is going to end. So we might as well just start killing people. That's well, almost like the mentality that it seems like, right? But that's the, that's, 
that's the the preservation of the status quo, right? I mean, that's the links that that they'll go to. If I don't get my way and the the white men can't stay in charge, then we'll just blow the whole goddamn thing up. Yeah. You know, and so that's yeah, it it does feel like that mentality and ha- and how has that even shifted until now? It hasn't. And it's not even that like how is it that big? We still got a 70-year-old white dude as president. Back then, and how, what, how much has really changed? Like, because we have a, a black lady as a vice president, because we had a black president, you know, since. Four, four or five years ago. I mean, there's there's really not that much that has changed for these. Not that much has changed like, for what? I mean, there, there's not that much that has changed for these people to even be scared of. Like, white people, you're not the minority yet. Like, they're, they're just, they're, I mean, everything is fear-mongering, right? Yeah. I mean, it's been, we're going to take, they're going to take your guns away. Uh, they're going to do this, do that, you know. Oh, they're going to stop all oil, oil production and, and uh, you know, nobody's going to have guns, just the police. And I, I just, I mean, they go automatically to these, like, apocalyptic uh, scenarios where they get to run around and, and kill people at will. It's like uh, some sort of uh, amosexual fantasy. And and that's that's another thing, too. I mean, and it's like I said, we have mutual friends who are like, well, I gotta go to the gun range while I can still, while I can still go. It's like, <laughs> Who said you can't go to the gun range, fool? Like, I, I have never heard anybody on anywhere, on any level, say, we're shutting down all the gun ranges. Yeah. Did I miss that? Did did the, <laughs> did C-SPAN fail to cover this? <laughs> but see, we're back, we're back to that. You know how our culture is, everything is black and white. It's either got to be this or that. Like, you know, we always talk about immigration. These people believe it's either one big wall and don't let anybody in or else uh, just open borders and let people freely just move wherever, you know. There's a lot of gray area there, and it's the same with guns. And whenever you say, hey, maybe there's no reason for you to have a 50-round drum. Maybe, Maybe there's no reason for you to have the capability to shoot, you know, 40 bullets in three seconds or whatever the hell. Then they're like, they just start losing. Like, oh my God, they're going to take all our guns. They're going to do this and do that. Like, how bad of a shot do you have to be to have to shoot that many times in a few seconds just to hit something? Right. Well, and I mean, okay. maybe y'all should go to the gun range more because you obviously can't fucking hit nothing. Okay, so here's here's something else, too. I mean... So they've got all these ammo and they need to protect themselves. But what they're really needing to protect themselves from are each other, right? I mean, (laughs) like, seriously, like, that's the threat. Like, all these crazies walking around with these guns and they're going to break into my home and I got to protect myself. But it's it's the same crazies. Like, that's their neighbors. Like, that's the that's the dude that's sitting next to you at the gun range. 
but they're not scared of them though. They're they're worried about like they're fantasizing about going to Chicago and killing black gang members. Like that's the kind of fantasies they have. And and the the crazy thing is that there's not one of those dudes that would even step foot in inner city Chicago. Or, like or if they was really dropped off in the middle of in the middle of Chicago, like you think you think all the Latin kings and all that, like they they're gonna be scared of a Kyle Rittenhouse walking around. <laughs> I mean, the only, <laughs> and the only and the only thing that that Kyle Rittenhouse had was his gun. And that if you if you watch the the Crow's Nest where where Doctor Crow and I have a. A pretty, an, an atypical heated exchange. Dr. Crow and I don't usually get heated like that. But with Kyle Rittenhouse, it was, you know, the only thing that that made him dangerous was that gun. And he went and he took that there. He placed himself in that situation. You know, yeah. his mother took him there. And, yeah, you drop him off in in any of the, the inner city um, streets. Without that gun, he's a t- you damn right. He's yes sir, no sir, yes ma'am, no ma'am, right? Oh yeah. Please, I just want to get out of here, kind of thing. He's certainly not saying the n word to anybody. Nobody's even, trying to buy him a beer with, out there. Even with that gun, like you drop him off with that same gun in the middle of Chicago, and I guarantee you, them gangsters got the exact same gun, but they got several of them. Like, them dudes go to war in Chicago. Like, that's not, you know what I mean? Like, you're not going to, you're not going to get the chance to, to fire off very many shots. Like, you're not even going to make it into the neighborhood with that gun. Like, that's the whole thing. They're going to pick you off before you ever get, get to step foot. Well, it's it's like I said, it, it's but but that's the only time uh, sensible gun legislation and gun control is needed, right? Is when the the people of color have the guns. It's like, oh, oh, oh yeah, they can't have those. And the only way that that Kyle Rittenhouse, I mean, he was he was defending himself. He was totally defending himself. That was self defense. It's like, no, 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 no. He walked into that situation with a gun from another state. Yeah. <laughs> like, he wanted to be the danger, right? How can you legally defend yourself? I lost that. You said, how can you legally defend yourself? Yeah, how can, how can you legally defend yourself when you're in illegal possession of a weapon? And you show up there. Like you take the weapon with you. It's not like yeah. it's not like somebody was coming at him and he said, "Oh, a gun! I gotta shoot!" You know what I mean? Like yeah, like he was like, like he was in his own house and somebody came through the neighborhood or something. Like and he's like panic stricken, looking for something, anything, and oh, here's this AR-15. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I can defend myself now, kind of thing. And and anyway. Like, I don't know. I guess there are some people who would feel comfortable sleeping next to an AR-15 like that. Like, uh, yeah, somebody, if somebody breaks into my house and 
God forbid, tries to, you know, do that. Like, I don't need 40 shots. Like, I don't want to shoot up my entire house like goddamn Scarface. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, a lot of, that's a lot of damage control. At the end exactly. Of that. I mean, that's like, a lot of drywall repair, you know, maybe some masonry, wiring. You, you might just, shoot your TV. I mean, shit. You just got open fire <laughs> like you're, yeah. like, ugh. Okay. Just let it ride. Yeah, just let it ride. <laughs> like, don't even worry about it. Like, no. No. I got I got hollow tips. <laughs> I'm a pretty good shot. Yeah. It's not going to be that far. <laughs> so. <laughs> but, but again, like, uh, to each his own. <laughs> Maybe some, some people have drywall money like that. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe you work on drywall drywall for a living. You, just got, the shit. you got the patch shit laying around. You know? Maybe so, and that makes you feel okay with it. So who yeah, knows? Be all right, just shoot your walls up. Who, who knows? knows? But yeah, um, there's. It's like I said, it's a heavy day today, and um, we absolutely think about the survivors, but we also realize what a contribution that this day is to the history of white domestic terrorism in this country and it's really unfortunate that we haven't gotten any farther past this in fact we've gone further in the abyss from this day and it's it's unfortunate but uh you know what we're here and we're gonna give it hell because you know what we're indians and this is our shit Thanks so much for tuning in. We're indigenous, we're independent, and we are them damn Indians at Talk Jive Radio. 